the gladiator mentality and people look at us like, oh, okay, really? Right, yeah, really. All right, let's do this. Diamond Envy Podcast brought to you by Cavens Construction, 405-573-3048, cavensconstruction.com. I'm your host, Tyler McComas, and postseason, let's go! The moment that we've all been waiting for, it's finally here. Different year, but same feel, because OU is the number one overall seed for the third consecutive year out of all the crazy stats that we talk about with this team Back-to-back-to-back seasons where OU's the number one overall seed while playing in a conference that's not considered uh, the best conference in college softball. So that's quite another accomplishment for Patty Gasso's squad. And OU, again, is the betting favorite to win it all. National championship number six, the pursuit is underway. And, you know, not getting too far ahead of ourselves, let's start with the Norman Regional. If you combine the overall record of the three opponents in the Norman Regional, they combine to be two games under 500. How about that? Prairie View is 20 and 27 on the year, actually a losing record. Uh, A&M is 29 and 26 on the year, and Minnesota is 26 and 24. So, not a loaded regional by any stretch. But remember, this team has to start playing its best softball. With or without Jordy Ball, who's day-to-day, the offense, the defense, base running, pitching, let's see this team at its absolute best. That's what's important, because if they do, if this team shows their best, this weekend won't be an issue at all. I, it, it just won't be an issue at all. The only way that this weekend is an issue is if they make it an issue. They don't come out, they struggle without Jordy, hope Troutwine isn't right, Nicole May isn't right, the offense continues to leave runners on base for the record. I don't think that that's going to happen, but it is the postseason, and anything can happen, so we, we've got to uh, keep that at the forefront of our minds, that's for sure. I am predicting an OU win in advancing to the Supers. Call me a homer, if you will, but a collection of teams that are two games under 500. i I'm going to go ahead and predict the number one overall seed to advance to the Super Regionals. By the way, uh, tweet me your championship series prediction. At Tyler underscore McComas on Twitter. I'd like to see who you think is the final two teams will be in the Women's College World Series. I've got a rematch, actually. I've got OU and Florida State in the championship series. And my eight for OKC... I've got OU, I've got Florida State, I've got Virginia Tech, I've got Arkansas, dangerous Arkansas team, UCLA, Alabama, Oklahoma State, and Arizona State. That's my eight, and I think that's a really, really good collection of teams from top to bottom that could be in Oklahoma City. Again, Tyler underscore McComas on Twitter. Let me hear your championship predictions and your uh, your eight for OKC. Uh, also, the prediction that you probably care the most about I think that OU gets Jordy Ball back at some point this postseason. I I don't think it's necessarily going to be this weekend in the regional. Again, she's listed as day-to-day. I think OU gets her back, though, at some point in the postseason. Let's uh, let's hear from Patty Gasso on the latest on the, on the injury. It has been done, and I know that for a fact because I talked to one of the best pitchers that ever played our game named Jenny Finch, and uh, she – finished a season 32-0 and with um, a fractured forearm. And she talked me through what it felt like. And so I'm not going to 
have Jordy do anything she's not ready to do. I'm not going to have Jordy do anything the doctor doesn't agree that she can do. So we're ready one way or the other. Right now, our mindset is we're, we're doing this without her. Everybody step up. Let's do our thing. Regardless when Jordy is available, the best offense in college softball still resides in Norman, Oklahoma. Hitting for average, hitting for power, whatever. This, this lineup can do it all. And I think this offense helps fill the void of not having Jordy Ball for however long that might, that might be. I think they'll rise to the occasion, and it's going to be really bad news for everyone else if this OU softball team gets really hot. But I believe in Hope Troutwine. You guys know this by now. I believe in Nicole May as well. I think they'll pitch well this postseason. I'd rather have Jordy Ball in there too, but don't freak out. I don't think any of you are, but don't freak out. This team is okay. And again, I do think that Jordy back is, is back at some point. Um, not this weekend, but I feel better about her potentially being back for the Super Regional than I did maybe, I don't know, a, a week ago or so. So positive developments is sound like sounds like what's coming out of Norman right now when it comes to Jordy Ball. Hey, let's get to our interview this week. Um, I want to, to get a little bit more of a national perspective this week. I love D1Softball.com. I think they do an amazing job. So let's catch up with Brady Vernon of D1Softball.com, chat about the Norman Regional and what else is going on across the country this weekend. All right, let's get to our guest, Brady Vernon. He is a writer for D1Softball.com. You all know how big of a fan I am of D1 Softball. Tara Henry on uh, a couple of months ago, and she's fantastic. Now, we're recording uh, on Saturday morning, so OU has already recorded a 14-0 win over Prairie View A&M. No, we did not see Jordy Ball. We don't expect her to see her at all this regional. So, Brady, that's kind of where I want to start. I am on record saying that I think Jordy Ball will pitch at some point this postseason. Um, but if I'm wrong and she doesn't, can this OU team, without Jordy Ball, still win the national championship, in your opinion? I certainly believe so. Um, I don't want to ever try to undermine what Jordy has done this freshman year. She's incredible. But – at the end of the day, I think the offense is still going to be the offense. And as we've kind of seen, um, Hope and Nicole have like done a really good job just kind of keeping it afloat and not doing too much where they're giving the offense chances at least. And I think that's the thing is we're moving away so much in college softball where you don't need that one dominant pitcher. Um, there's so many teams that are going to the committee-based approach just for matchups and stuff like that. And I think that's actually really helpful for this OU team this year because you're not totally relying on Jordy. And just when you have that offense, it does make it a little bit easier. But I think it's obviously a bit harder if you don't have Jordy, um, especially if you kind of get in a situation like you did last year, losing that first game, going to the losers, loser's bracket just because you have so many games and so many days. But I don't see why OU can't. We've thought they're the most talented team the whole entire season, and I don't know one player is going to make that big of a difference unless it was Dawson Hollow in my opinion. Sure. What well, you're talking about the offense, yeah. I mean, it's just a barrage. Uh, T.R.E. Jennings, then you get to Hollow, and then you get to Kinsey Hansen and Grace Lyons later on in the order. You know, a, a really good softball team, in my opinion, Brady, has, you know, four or five hitters that can hit the ball out of the park at, you know, 
at any at bat. I feel like with this OU softball team, there's about seven or eight hitters in this lineup that can hit a home run at any given point in the game. Where does this lineup stack in, in terms of the best in all of college softball to you? Is it number one, or is, is there someone else in the sport that can really give OU a run for their money offensively? I mean, it's hard to even, like, think of anyone else that has such a top-to-bottom type of lineup. Um, I uh, I do a lot of stuff here in Tempe. I went to ASU, and we talk a lot about their big bats and stuff. But, I mean, their bottom of the order doesn't produce anywhere near what, like, OUs can. And, you know, when you have someone that comes in from Oregon and Alyssa Brito, and she has to play a completely different position just to get a spot in the lineup, I think it talks so much about just the absolute depth. And I just... I think someone like Dana Johns is a great example. I mean, I know she has her like ups and downs, but there's times where I feel like she was like the hottest hitter of the season. And generally we don't always talk about her as in that big start starting group of the OU lineup. And I just think that's what's so crazy. And then you kind of had Kinsey miss some time and I know she hasn't fully gotten back to what she is at the plate, but then it's still okay. The offense still does what it does. And I just think that's so impressive. And the other thing is just, I think the amount of walks they have is just crazy. Just the committed approach at the plate to just not get it out of their own zone and just make it tough on pitchers. And that's what's so incredible. Yeah. Well, I mean, as you can imagine, Brady, the, the main story around here is Jordy Ball, her health, when she'll be back. But if you just look, I mean, if you didn't even watch OU this year and you look at the numbers for Hope Troutwine, you say, why is, why is there panic? I mean, these numbers for Hope Troutwine will match up against anyone else in college softball. Name a great pitcher in the sport and hope Troutwine's numbers can match up. I, I feel like she's a little bit underrated in that regard. Do you have a theory or a thought as to why there's this kind of common thought, I guess you would say, that Hope Troutwine can't carry this team to a national championship? I think there's multiple things to consider with Hope. Um, I think the idea that she came from a smaller school in North Texas who – you know, is actually making their first NCAA tournament this year, which is really cool. Um, I think that plays a part into it. I think Jordy's quick emergence in the stardom kind of overshadowed her a little bit. And I just think we got talking about Jordy so much that Hope just was kind of under the radar. And correct me if I'm wrong, I think Hope wasn't used as much early on in the season. She was kind of just sparingly kind of getting innings here or there. And I think the biggest thing, which is, I think, is a fault of all of us kind of in like a national perspective, is that we're so quick to discredit though you pitchers from success because of the offense. Um, I know a lot of times we talk about the stressful innings and how it's just easier on a pitcher when you can just rely on having a multi-run lead and you don't have to have stressful innings. Like when you think about someone like Georgina Cork at South Florida, like her offense doesn't produce that much. And so she's constantly in like, Two nothing games, one nothing games, one one games, and I just I don't know if that's the correct mentality to have. Like I know pitchers will tell you like it's easier to pitch when you have a big lead in the game, but that shouldn't take away from Hope's own accomplishments because you know what she's doing has no effect on what the offense is doing at the plate. And so I think that's just a multiple of reasons. I think if Hope was someone that was at OU for multiple years and like came into OU as a freshman, I think we'd hold her into a different regard. But it's just also kind of crazy when you think of Hope herself because she became such kind of a big star last year when she had her 21 strikeouts in the perfect game and 
So you would think that maybe she would be the one that kind of break that mold. But I guess in my opinion, that's why um, I think for a little bit, I kind of thought that, that maybe she just wasn't getting as many innings and wasn't facing the better competition kind of in the non-conference. But I don't know. I mean, the fact that we're here and the ERA is still 0.3, like I, at yeah. some point you're just, you're just good. <laughs> right. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So did you have, and, and I know that you did uh, predictions for D1softball.com. In, in terms of the regional, did you have a big upset in the in the regional? Or, I mean, have you even shifted some of your thoughts after day one, what Georgia's already in the loser's bracket after losing yesterday? Where, where's the big upset in this regional uh, going to happen this weekend? Um, I was kind of talking with uh, Jen Schroeder about this and just, when the season was going on, like I kind of considered that I thought there was going to be a lot of like upsets in the regional, just the way the teams are very even kind of like a lot in the kind of nine to like 20 range, especially. But after seeing the bracket, I think a lot of the hosts got really good matchups. And yeah. so when I did my bracket challenge on D1 softball, hope everyone else did that as well. Um, I didn't, I was kind of chalk, like, and I was, I think the only really big upset was I was kind of seeing Clemson over Oklahoma State in the Super Regionals, which a lot of people had Clemson losing their regionals. That was a big talk of, like, kind of being upset. But I think the thing that we kind of saw yesterday was some of these posts faced adversity for kind of late in games, and they just came out top. And I just, I think that's a thing is, you know, we're so quick to, oh, we just, we're going to see 11 nothing wins or 14 nothing wins. But some of these four seeds, like if anyone was up late, late last night, like Cal State Fullerton was a gritty team. They took oh, ASU yeah. to the brink. And so, but as you kind of mentioned, um, I think there's just, with a lot of those two, three seeds, I just think there's a lot of just similarities. Um, I think the thing with like a team like Georgia, they struggle with pitching, but they can hit well. But when you face a Liberty team that has two veteran pitchers, and we kind of saw that from Emily Kirby, it's just that sometimes pitching wins out. And then kind of going back on like the pitching aspect, I think this year was so offensive heavy. We see really good pitchers with high ERAs, like someone like Montana Fouts. I think you kind of like have to blink twice to kind of see what her ERA kind of sits at during the season. But I just, when you get into these moments and you put the pressure on the hitters, especially if you get an early lead like Liberty did, I think every team kind of needs to see who they are. And at the end of the day, like a team like Georgia was super young, and I think they kind of fell short in that aspect. But to answer your original question, like, I just like, I thought there's just really good matchups for the hosts. Um, I think one team that might really surprise is Stanford, just because mm -hmm. Alabama has struggled offensively. And the the way that Alana Vader pitched um, against UCLA and ASU, getting three wins, I certainly think they they love being in those close games. And Jessica Allister has this has that team that like never say die approach. And so I think that's one to kind of watch for today, especially if she pitches well. Um, since both of those offenses uh, at times are almost kind of anemic, and you'll see like a one nothing game. So I think that's one to watch today. Yeah, 
Last question I have for you, and you're talking about that D1 uh, bracket challenge. I know a lot of people around here participated in that and hoping to win the thing. What was your, I mean, I know the answer. I just want to hear you say it out loud. What was your uh, championship series prediction on uh, D1softball.com? All righty. Well, hopefully the crowd doesn't come after my Twitter ad. It's pretty easy to find. <laughs> I did pick Florida State over Oklahoma. Um, I think, one, I'm not going to lie, like, I kind of wanted to be a little bit different than not the rest of our staff. I like, and I just think we get down to that aspect. I've always thought that Florida state is just simply the best matchup for Oklahoma. Um, I think a lot of people want to believe that like when you have Virginia tech and Keely Richard and MLM Lee, like, Oh, they have the pitching. They can face Oklahoma. I just, I worry Anytime I see a power pitcher against Oklahoma, like I just think Oklahoma's going to score, like because I think they can hit so many solo home runs, and that's all it takes. But I just like kind of what we saw last year, like with Catherine Sandercock, like she just doesn't get a whole lot of hard contact. And I just think like the way they play defense, you just you just have to play a perfect game against Oklahoma. Yeah, and I think they just they do the little things so well, um, and I just. I think you could, some people, I think Tara ended up picking like Arkansas and Florida State, but I just, I don't see, even with or without Jordy, I think it's really hard to not see them in the championship series with Oklahoma. But I think I also considered that, that if they don't have Jordy, I think I'd like Florida State more. But yes, at the end of the day, I picked the Knowles to beat the Sanders. You and I have the same championship series. I'm, I'm also going, I'm, I'm running it back from last year, OU and Florida State. Sydney Sherrill's back. Um, she's she's a local product here. She's a great player. You mentioned what Florida State has in the circle. I thought all year long this is going to be a collision course between OU and Montana Fouts. They they make a deeper run this year in Oklahoma City. But I, I'm with you, man. The more that I look at it, more I like Florida State. And I think they're getting to the championship series and, and probably going to push Oklahoma just like they did last year. He is uh, Brady Vernon of D1Softball.com. Brady. Thank you so much for your time and uh, the best of luck covering all these regionals this weekend, man. Thank you so much. All right, good stuff from Brady. We both have the same championship series prediction, but a little bit different. I have Oklahoma winning it all. I know, what a homer, right? I'm going to pick the best program in college softball to win another national championship. Lame prediction, but I do think, really do think OU's going to win it all. He's got the Florida State Seminoles, which you can't hate on that pick. They they pushed OU last year. But, yeah, both have uh, OU and Florida State in the championship series. Just a different outcome in that championship series. Another program record last night. Feels like every single time that this team takes the field, someone is putting up a personal best or a school record. I mean, there, there's always something going on this season with the OU softball team. Program record run rule number 36 as OU takes care of business against Prairie View A&M. Um, in terms of the Texas A&M game today, I, I expect to see Hope Troutwine in the circle. Um, maybe we'll see some Nicole May as well, but I would guess that we're probably going to see Hope in the circle. And I love Patty's approach to you know getting multiple pitchers in the circle for that first game in the regional. This is something that she's traditionally liked to do to get them that postseason experience and that postseason feel. And Maybe we'll see that again today if the opportunity presents itself against Texas A&M. But, you know, you look at the record and you say, eh, A&M wasn't that great in the SEC this year. Not, not some great softball team. 
the record will tell you that, sure. But got to remember, this is the postseason. This is a regional. And I'm sure A&M, like everyone else on the schedule this year, you are going to see their best. So let's see that lineup continue to contribute. And let's see Let's see Hope Troutwine uh, look like one of the best pitchers in all of college softball. You win a day, you're in a really, really good shape to advance to the Super Regional, that's for sure. Hey, want to tell you about our title sponsor, Cavens Construction. When I tell you they do it all, I'm telling you, they, they do it all. CavensConstruction.com is where you can really go to see all of the amazing things that they're able to uh, able to do for you. But like kind of, you know, some of the more pressing things, emergency repairs. They're on call 24-7, 405-573. 3048, if you've got any emergency repairs, maybe you got some mold in your house. I really hope you don't, but if you do, if you got a mold situation in your home, again, give Cavens a call at 405-573-3048. They, they do roofing. Um, they, 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 they do commercial work. They, they can do it all. I, environmental, commercial maintenance, waterproofing. If you've got something going on with your business or you got something going on with your home, just give Cavens a call. Again, Oklahoma City, 405-573-3048, Tulsa, 918-282-7612. Also want to tell you about another one of our great sponsors, Dr. Amanda Sadler at the In Motion Clinic in Norman. Um, if you want to feel better, have more energy, and optimize your health and wellness, Dr. Amanda Sadler at the new In Motion Clinic in Norman will work with you to bridge the gap between fitness and functional medicine. For more information, call 405-515-4040. That's 405-515-4040. In motion, because what moves you moves us. Dr. Amanda Sadler, not a one-time, but a two-time graduate at the University of Oklahoma. She is amazingly talented. She is super kind, and she's a really big supporter of the OU softball team. So, uh, as she supports this podcast and the OU softball team, Go support Dr. Amanda Sadler as well. She is awesome. All right, let's close up this episode with another edition of Macy's Minute, and she tackles the subject that we all want to hear about right now, which is Jordy Ball. Hey, Sooner Nation. This is Macy Wilson-Turley, member of the 2000 National Championship softball team. Are you guys as excited for this postseason as I am? I mean, I am really thrilled. I can't wait to see what happens And even though Jordy Ball is a big question mark right now, I just know whatever product that OU puts on the field, they're going to be dominant. And I'm really excited to watch it. No matter what happens, no matter who's out there, OU has, besides Jordy, has two amazing pitchers. They've got a great defense to back up those pitchers. And they have a dominating offense that can provide run support. So I'm I'm not worried about this, and I just hope, um, wish, and pray that um, whatever's going on with Jordy, that she is quickly healed, that she's able to um, rejoin her team in full capacity, and uh, that we can continue to realize these goals for these girls and um, and and move on, move on down the road uh, to the super regionals. But you know. I coach, um, I know I've told you guys before, but I coach a 7U AA baseball team in Bixby, go next level. And as their season, their regular season is coming to an end, you know, I've been looking at baseball quotes and words of inspiration that I can, um, I can hopefully use to inspire them and just let them know how proud I am of them for the season that they've put in. And one of the things I was reading about is 
no one person can make up a baseball team or a softball team. And it sounds dumb to say that. Of course, it takes nine players on the field, but it's this this whole thing. And even like Coach Venable says, it doesn't revolve around one coach. It doesn't revolve around one player. It's the team. It's the it's the traditions and the legacies and everything that's been set forth before them. And I'm just fully confident that they're going to continue to be successful as they move forward. So um, I'm so excited for it. I love this sport. I know you guys too. You can't get enough. I'm sure you're reading all the articles, watching all the games, listening to all the podcasts, and we're so lucky to have this one. Um, so I just stand with you guys and let's just continue to cheer them on. And I cannot wait to see what they do next. So until we talk again next time, Boomer Sooner. Bye.